0: I want to talk to you about it's time to trust God we've been talking about it's time to do some certain things in life well today we're going to talk about it's time to trust God how many of y'all know that it's time to trust God because if you talk to a lot of believers you know they'll kind of say that they're trusting God um, but then it seems like when things begin to go bad in their life you don't see them really trusting God they begin to start falling apart. They begin to start worrying and begin to get anxiety and how's God going to gonna come through. And, and God never intended for us to do that because uh, we're not built for it. We're not built to hold on to worry and anxiety. We're not. And we're not built to actually bring an answer to every problem that arises in our life. That's why we're called to lean on Him. So today, what I'm going to do... Uh, Brandon, because my son in the Lord is back there. Uh, I'm going to read some passages uh, that the Lord, I felt like, dropped in my heart to read today. We'll get to this, maybe, okay? But I want to start here, okay? It'll be Ephesians 6.10, Brandon. And I want to do that in Amplified, sir, if you don't mind. Um, And you can turn to Ephesians 6.10, and we're going to read down to verse 17. Um, But I feel like it's just really important that we start here, okay, because I, I really feel like The Lord's given me a word, but I don't care if it takes me two weeks to get the word out. I think we got to get the context of what we're dealing with here. But it says in verse 10, it says, In conclusion, I mean, this is the last chapter of the book of Ephesians, so he's basically saying, you know, he's wrote stuff in 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and now he's just saying, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from Him, and be empowered through your union with Him and in the power of his boundless might. He says, put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Notice he's talking to me and you, that we would be able to put this on to stand against an attack that is coming. It's coming to each and every one of us. Whether you believe God for it, whether you expect it, just continue to live and things are going to happen in your life. And this is what the Apostle Paul is telling us. He's telling us to get ready. Things are going to happen. So we put on this armor. Then it goes on to verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Your battle is not with people, okay? You've got to get a hold of that because the enemy wants you and I to focus on our issue is each other. You're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem. No, they are not the problem. They're just being used by the enemy to try to get you, okay? So if we can attack what's attacking them, then we're going to start seeing things turn around. That's where the fight comes in. That's why we put the armor on. Because I'm telling you guys, it's not easy when people are talking about you. It's not easy when people are saying things about you. It's not easy when people are flipping you off on traffic and giving you the bird the middle finger, okay? Not waving, I love you, okay? It's bad, you know, it's a struggle sometimes when you're at school and and you know there's a group over there bashing you or, or they're posting things on Instagram or Facebook that are negative and they're saying stuff about you. That's not easy, but your battle is not with flesh and blood, Paul said. It's not. Don't get into a fight with people. I'm telling you, you're losing. You're not winning. Your witness is gone. It's out the door. It ain't happening, okay? So he's telling us, and then he's getting ready to give us some some insight here in verse 13. He says, therefore, beings we don't fight with flesh and blood, therefore, do this. Put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So stand firm and hold your ground. Having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, and moral courage, around your waist, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, an upright heart, and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Verse 16 is what I want you to really grab a hold of. But above all, what's that say? Above all. That means what we're getting ready to read is above everything he just gave us. This is the most important thing out of all of what he told you. Not that he's saying the other's less important, but there's a reason why above all is right there. That means above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you could back up one verse, Brandon. um, Above all, above all, above all, we've got to take the shield of faith which protects me and you from the fiery darts of the wicked one. That joker has got a bow and arrow. And that I mean he is constantly trying to hit the children of God. He ain't trying to hit the world. He's already got them. If you ain't serving God, he's already got them. You know what I'm saying? They're headed to hell. They're headed to destruction. His target is those that say they trust God. They say that God is their source. They say that God is their healer. They say that God is their protector. So what does he come to do? He comes to tempt you to see if you really believe what you say. And he does that with just throwing arrows. It could be an arrow of judging. It could be an arrow of of strife. It could be an arrow of of gossip. It could be an arrow of lust, anger. I mean, it could be a, a variety of things. And what that shield does is if we've got that shield up, because that's what I'm going to be talking about today, trust in God. It's time to trust God. It's time to have faith in God. Is If we'll keep that shield up, it's going to protect us against these darts. Again, your battle is not with humans. So many church people let humans kick them out of the will of God. A friend, I can tell you this, a newsflash. You got saved by Jesus. You're going to get delivered by Jesus, and you're serving Jesus. You're not serving man. And when you're serving Jesus becomes you're serving people, you're setting yourself up. Bing, 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 bing. And you're opening yourself up to get those arrows to penetrate your life. And those arrows just don't come from church people. Those arrows come from people you work with. Those arrows come from people you go to school with. And so many times, guys, and I've been guilty so many times, we let that arrow of assumption hit you. And then you start assuming what other people are thinking about you. I mean, to me, I think that's one of the biggest things is he'll try to hit you with that assumption, and he'll get you to start thinking, well, I know what they mean. I know what what they're thinking. I know what they're doing. I know it. And then you begin to start looking at posts on Facebook and and Instagram and start reading between the lines. And the devil's right there trying to get you all out of whack. And then the next thing you know, now it's no longer between you and God. Now it's between you and that individual. And all the while, the devil's just laughing at you. That's his goal, guys. His number one goal is to get the children of God to trip up. His number one goal is to get us to backslide and walk away from God and say that stuff don't work. That's crazy. He wants us to leave God. Why? Because that's where he can stand up and say, God, uh uh-huh, yeah, uh uh-huh, you think they really love you. They think they really trust. They ain't trusting you. They're going to go my way. It's a big deal for the devil. That's why he had tried to attack Jesus so strongly. He wanted to get Jesus to bow, and it just tore him up that Jesus would not bow. I'm telling you, man, because I'm getting ready to read another passage of Scripture in Ephesians, and let's back up to uh, verse 5. Chapter 5, I mean, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4 in the same Amplified. It says, therefore, become what? Copy him and follow, whose example? As well-beloved children imitate their father. He says for us to imitate God. Are we supposed to look at anybody at church? And begin to imitate them. But how many people that go to church will begin to point to other people and compare themselves to them? I would never do that. I can't believe they're doing that. Look at them calling themselves a Christian. I wouldn't do that. At least I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you guys, this is powerful if you'll get it. We are to imitate God. Is God moved by any storm or any trouble in life? We see that in the person of Jesus Christ. Did he not get tempted with storms and trouble and trials? He did. But he continued to walk with his Father. And that's what we're called to do. Now, your flesh, your issues, your problems, they will seem so intimidating. It will seem like you have no way out. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you to feel like you're backed in a corner and you have no way out. But again, if we've got the shield of faith on, which in their day they would have understood that maybe a little bit better than we do because they didn't really have cannons and missiles and machine guns and all that, okay? Their biggest weapon a lot of times was the arrow, the bow and arrow. So in their day, their picture would have been the Roman you know, army. They would usually they would get together in a big huddle and they would have these shields that would go all around the group meaning that as the enemy was shooting their arrows, they were protected all around. It was hitting that shield. That's why Paul's using this example, that that shield of faith covers us because if we're trusting God, we can't go under no matter what is going on. And I'm going to talk today about why some people go under, okay? And hopefully you can make some corrections because I'm going to tell you something. If you're waiting for the stars to align and the atmosphere to get all in alignment, for you to be able to go to the other side, I promise you, it ain't going to happen. That would be walking by sight. You would be looking at everything with your physical eyes. I like what one preacher said, man. I loved it when he said this. He said, you know, you know what vision is? You know what, when you think about having a vision for what God wants to do in your life? He said vision is when you look at the back of your eyelids. That means when you close your eyes. You begin to see what God sees. But when you open them, that sight, you begin to look at what you see. God's not calling us to look at what we see. The Bible's very clear in 1 Corinthians that what we see, it can change in the twinkling of an eye. And we know that, but sometimes we don't operate in that. Friend, my job as a pastor of this church is not to get more people in the door. My job as a pastor is to get you to be victorious out there. That's what I want to do. I want you to be able to defeat the one that's trying to take you out. That's why I'm so passionate about this stuff. I've been attacked like you've been attacked. I've had to stand on the Word of God like you've had to stand on the Word of God. But if we don't know how to stand when the enemy comes, he's going to eat your lunch. He's going to take you out. He's going to cause things to go bad in your life. Let's go on to verse 2. And it says, And walk continually in love... That is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and sacrifice to God, slain for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. But sexual immorality and all mortal impurity, indecent offensive behavior, our greed must not even be hinted at among you, as is proper among saints. For as believers, our our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of our what? Faith. faith. What you do, how you act, what you say is bringing validation to God Almighty. And it's up to us to bring heaven to earth with our faith. And, man, look, if, if, if somebody that's not serving Christ sees you doing the same things they're doing, but yet you're trying to tell them to come to church and to receive Jesus, he'll change your life, but there is no legitimate change in your own life, they are not going to come. That's why sometimes your family and friends are some of the hardest ones to, to actually win over is because it takes time. They're watching your lifestyle. And by your fruits, they will know you. Whether that's good fruit or bad fruit. Because the way you live and the way I live is either drawing people closer to God or it's pushing them further away. And that's not our call. We're to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And keep the shield of faith on. Stay in the armor of God. Protect ourselves against the, the evil one and His tricks and His deception. This is, It's a battle. All, and that's why it just breaks my heart when I see stuff like this. I see so many Christians that are, are living for God, that are, that are trying to make a difference and trying to change, and they're just, they're just getting their brains beat in. They're going backwards, not forwards. I mean, guys, we're not called to be slaves to debt. We're not. God's people are called to be servants of the Most High, Most High God, not servants to the lender. That's oppression. That's not good. Like I've said a few weeks ago, man, most of us in this room, if we miss three or four paychecks, it's done. We're looking for another place to live. And who got, you, who got ourselves in that position? We did. And all I'm saying is it's time for us to turn it around in 2020 and begin to go the way of God, not the way of the world. The world says get it now and pay for it later. God says, hey, why don't you wait a while and I'll get it to you? Amen? Amen? Just wait on God. But, I mean, I just I can't say it strong enough. This is the year that we begin to turn things around because I really believe God's about to move in a way that we've never seen. And if we don't prepare ourselves for this, guys, I'm telling you, it's going to walk right by us. It's going to run right by you. I mean, obviously, you guys know, okay, if you watch the news at all, okay, or Facebook, I mean, I even just watch something, you can see the turmoil building in our own country. You see the hatred, the animosity, you see it, even with our own two branches of government. We got the House of Representatives, Democrat, and Republicans. I believe if they could bring a gun into that, you know, congressional place, they would probably shoot each other. That's how much hatred is building. I mean, what once used to be, yes, we had two branches of government. We had the House of Representatives. We had Democrat and Republicans. We had the Congress. I mean, it was something to behold. It was something that the world looked at and said, wow, they're working together. They're taking their indifferences, and they're, they're putting something together that works. But now, if I'm across the waters and I'm looking at this country, I'm praying for the, praying for the United States. They are a wreck, and it just seeps down to the people. I mean, it, the evil is just mounting. Somebody has to be willing to stand up and let them see something that they're not seeing. And that's where we come in. They see us trusting God when all hell breaks loose in our life. He sees us trusting God when our kids ain't serving God. He sees us trusting God when everything in our life is saying, why are you trusting him? Your wife has cancer. Why are you trusting God? Why don't he heal you? Why don't he touch you? Hey, listen, bro, take a seat. Just stand around for a little while. You're going to see some things. But that's where we got to have a heart that's connected to God. Let me finish, finish this and I'll get started here. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it says, verse 4, Let there be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse, obscene, or vulgar joking, because such things are not appropriate for believers. But instead, speak of your thankfulness to God. Amen. Speak of your thankfulness to God. I mean, the greatest form of faith is you're thanking God, When everything's looking bad, when you stand up with tears running down your face, not knowing how it's going to work, but saying, God, I know you're good. I know you know where I'm at, and I know you're going to work on my behalf, and I'm not going to say stuff that I shouldn't say. Why? Your words matter. Your words have life connected to them. And your words can and will be used against you in the court of law. I mean, y'all act like that just applies to the courtrooms on earth. Where do you think they got it? One day. Even right now, there's a courtroom. Jesus is your defender. For all those that have accepted Jesus, he is your defender. But guess who the accuser is? The devil. How many of you know that the accuser is trying to find evidence against you? He's trying to look for things he can take to God, which is the judge, and use against you. You see that in the book of Job. That which Job feared came upon him. But before that, the, uh, it talks about the, the devil was conversing with God and saying, what about Job? Why don't you let me go after Job? You've got a hedge around him. You ain't going to let nothing happen to him, yada, yada. He said, I ain't got no hedge. You can go down there and talk to him all you want. He ain't going to leave me. So I guess the devil finally said, well, I'll go down there and bother him because he's an idiot, man. He is an idiot, okay? So he goes down there and he starts giving Job a hard time. Starts putting pressure on Job. Job couldn't quite wrap his mind around it. But the reason why there was access to his kids is because Job had fear in his heart. That fear opened up a door for the enemy to come in and steal what? Belonged to Job. That's the lesson from Job. Just understand there's an enemy trying to get what you have. I'm telling you guys, this is so real. You've got to get a hold of this. That your fight is not against people. Your fight is against the one who's trying to take you out. And just like God needs people to cause his will to come to pass, the devil needs people to get his will to come to pass. They both have a will. It's just his ain't that good. The devil's is out to destroy us. But today I'm hoping that through this message, for as long as we can get through it, is it will empower you guys to understand that this faith, to me, the word faith is one of the single most important things that we could ever get in the body of Christ. You don't get saved without faith. You don't. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith is a foundational word that we all have got to grow in. I mean, you know it to be true when you, when you want to get in shape and you want to you know work these muscles and all. I mean, you just don't walk in the gym and just go, Okay, <clears throat> I signed up. I just paid $700. We're good. I'm just going to go over here and look at some of this equipment. You know, after you get your mouth closed because you see all these people walking around with muscles the size of Texas. You know what I'm saying? Women over here, you know, just, you know, perfect body. And You got the men over there that look like, you know, I mean, statues. (laughs) They're so big. And once you push past all that, guess what? You're going to have to finally hit that equipment. And you're going to have to work that muscle. You're going to have to work it over and over again. And you ain't going to like it. I can tell you that right now. Because as soon as you leave there, every fast food chain on your way home will have a glowing neon sign on it. Saying, we miss you. Please, stop by. We need to see you. We had not seen you in a little while. That working out's not for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's of the devil. <laughs> Come fellowship with me. Eat my food. But you've got to push past something to get a body like what they have in there. Well, just like in the natural, you've got to work some muscles in the kingdom of God. You've got you to work that muscle of faith. We gotta work it. We gotta keep believing God. We gotta keep asking the Holy Spirit to teach us and show us. We gotta keep working this muscle. And the more you work it, the better you get. The less you work it, work it, the less you just ain't gonna, you're gonna be weak all your life. And that's not what I want to see in this body. Because I know the devil is no respecter of person. He's coming to us all. And the greatest testimony to me is to be talking to you out in the hallway and you say, hey, Nathan, <laughs> let me tell you something, brother. Went to the doctor the other day, and they said I had cancer and I had two weeks to live. That was two years ago because I stood on the Word of God. I stood and used my faith, and he moved that mountain in my life. That's what I'm talking about right there. Instead of when something bad goes wrong, oh God, i got to call pastor. Oh, my God, get your phone. we got to call pastor. Man, this thing's going crazy. I'm not opposed to that. And we as people of faith need to rally around those and lift them up. That's what we're called. That's why we come to church. That's why we have a church family. When you're struggling, and I'm telling you something, when you're struggling, it is hard sometimes to see the answer. I mean, when you've got financial pressure, somebody tells you, Connie, you've got two weeks to live, and you're going to be dead. You may spell dead for you, D-E-A-D. You're dead in two weeks. Now we don't get mad at the one who's telling us that, okay? But then we have to go to the Bible and go, what did he say? What scripture, did God say I was going to be dead? But I can tell you that would weigh on Connie. And that's where the body of Christ comes around. And we grab Connie and we lift her up. And we begin to pray and we begin to use our faith to mix with her faith, which could be kind of weak at the moment. She may need that lifting up to help her get through that. That's why everybody in this room, when somebody asks you to pray for them, That means you pray for them in faith. And you ask them, what do you want me to pray about? Oh, just an unknown prayer request. Huh? Uh Uh-uh. No. I'm not going to pray for you unless you trust me enough to let me know what's going on. Because if you won't tell me what's going on, you don't trust me. That means if somebody won't share with you what they need prayer for, then you might not be the person that needs to pray with them. I need to know specifically what you're praying for. That way, because my faith is precious. I just don't give my faith away. I'm just not going to stand with somebody just to say I'm praying for them. Uh-uh, uh No, it's too important to me, and it's too important to you. That's why when you're going through something, you just don't need to tell just anybody what you're going through and say, pray for me. You don't need to get on social media and say, pray for me. Uh-uh. No. Because I'm telling you, there's so many people out there that will read that text. And they'll say, yeah, i pray it for you. Did you hear about this? My God, they're going through all this kind of stuff. What'd they do wrong? Did they mess up somewhere? I can't believe it. Now what's happening? Doubts rolling. We got doubt and unbelief working on your case. So now you got the devil and you got God trying to figure out a problem. And a house divided gonna fall a prayer that's divided it will fall it will not produce fruit and I mean to tell you in this church right here I want us to be people of faith and we are we've had people pray Jared Belinda others I'm telling you your prayers and your faith is what helped them along we want to continue that trend if somebody walks up to you and says man I got stage four cancer They've just told me I've just got a few weeks to live or a few months to live. You don't look at that and start crying. <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. I'll be praying for you, brother. I'll be praying. No, 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 no. That's not the time to do that. That's the time to roll up your sleeves and say, okay, it's on. Okay, the devil's trying to attack you. I want you to do this. You don't say nothing negative. You praise God. We got you covered, brother. We're going to pray for you. We're going to rally around you. I just need you to use your mouth to say good things. That's all you got to do. Because, see, the doctors are trying to do one thing, and we want them to continue to do their thing, the nurses to continue to do their thing. But how many of you know us, as followers of Christ, are called to do a thing too? And I want the doctors to continue to do your thing, but, doc, don't tell me how to do my thing. I won't tell you how to do your thing. But I can tell you what, they both work together. Because without the Spirit of God moving on Jared and Belinda, I don't believe they've got a kidney today. And if those two went around all the time going, Oh dear God, man, I don't even know if I'm ever gonna get a kidney. Oh my god, I don't know if it's ever gonna work. We're praying, but it just don't seem to be working. They ain't gonna get nothing. And we'll get into that in a minute. Hallelujah. Y'all bear with me. Hallelujah. We got two more hours and we're we'll good. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, man, if we let me just say this. Mark eleven twenty. Mark eleven twenty. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, uh, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Notice the next statement that Jesus didn't go. Really? Oh, my God. Man, that's crazy. This stuff works. No, he wasn't shocked at all. Because, see, Jesus lived and died knowing his words mattered. That when he spoke, he knew there was going to be something that happened because of what he said. The devil wants you and me to be careless with our mouth. He wants you to say, oh, a little white lie ain't no big deal. Says who? Author, Satan. I'm just telling you guys. Oh, man, you can say that. It's okay, man. Or you got people that will say something. Oh, just kidding. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, just kidding. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm, just, I'm just playing around, man. No big deal. I'm just playing around. I'm just kidding. And then when it comes to you needing to say the right thing, you won't even believe what you're saying because you've been kidding all the time. So you might be thinking, well, I might be still kidding. I don't know. But this is what Jesus said. He answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, that sounds easy. Well, that was Jesus, Nathan. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. He was the son of God. What are you talking about? Uh, friend in Philippians chapter 2, it tells us that Jesus laid down his authority. He laid down his rulership to come as a man just like us. That's why you never hear Jesus from the age 12 to 30. What's Jesus doing? What we need to be doing, renewing our mind, getting filled up with God, because Jesus knew that there was a battle on the way. There was trouble on the horizon, and he knew that he needed to get himself in the best condition spiritually to go against that and to succeed. That's our example. That's who we imitate. If it was just as important for Jesus to do it, why do we live a carefree, oh, man, you know, whatever will be will be Christian life? Like, we feel like we've done God a favor for just coming to church for an hour or two. And if you go longer than that, they may not come back. But yet we'll sit and listen to all kinds of other stuff for hours. Whenever we're in here trying to get built up and ready for a battle out there, it's real, man. And you need to know how to win. So Jesus says, have faith in God. Jesus is telling his disciples to trust in God for everything. So how many things do we trust God for? Everything. Everything. That sounds good coming out of your mouth. It does. And it's so easy to say, hey, brother, just trust God. Hey, brother, sister, just trust God. I know you're going through a hard time right now. Just trust God. That's easy to say. But that brother or sister may need a little bit more than you just saying that. That brother or sister may need you to say, hey, what you going through? Talk to me. "Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah? Oh, so you you don't have oh, low on groceries? Okay. All right. Okay. You need this, you need that. Okay, well, I got you, sister. I got you. Let's go to the store. We're gonna get some groceries right now. We're gonna take care of that. And then we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna rally with you. I'm gonna believe God with you, we're gonna get through this. Amen. That's called you laying your life down for another and I'm going to tell you something we're going to fight for that this year like this this Wednesday night we're having a dinner slash Bible study at my house and I want everybody there it is right there, there everybody leave it up there for a little while I want you to take a picture of it I want you to write those numbers you need to have mine and Belinda's number you need to have that you want somebody to cheer you on call me I'll cheer you call Belinda we're your best cheerleader, I promise you. And there's other people that Get other numbers from other people. We're family, okay? You need to have people you can call. But there it is right there, the address, 6.30 to 8.30. I just put 8.30 because, you know, you've got to have an end time for some people. But, you know, we don't care if we're there at 10.30. May everybody bring a dish of your favorite food. I don't care if you stop by and buy the dish on the way. I don't care. Get to the house. Let's have fellowship. Well, Nathan, you know what, man, I don't know if I can make it. You know, I might be there about 7.30. I might be there at 8. Okay, come on. It's time to start spending time together, people. Because I can tell you, if we don't get out of our comfort state of mind, we ain't never going to get free. I mean, last week we had Bible study. I was in Alpharetta at 5 o'clock. It took me almost two hours to get home. Okay? And Nairobi and Cody, they got there at (laughs) 4, which I love. They were there early. So guess what I didn't have time to do? To take a shower. But it was the best night of the week. I had such a great time with everybody. We engaged in great conversation. I sat there with my work clothes on doing Bible study. Why? I love you. I hope you love me. And together we're one big happy family. Amen? We've got, we need each other, guys. We've got to laugh together. We've got to do life together. The problem is, is we let such a gap come between all of us that when we do come together, sometimes we're half aggravated at each other. Oh, my God, I wish you'd straighten up. I wish you'd start doing this and that and this and that. Listen, that's easy to do. We all got issues. We all need to work on some stuff. But let's get together. Let's begin to do life together. And, man, if you're always trying to do it on your own, that's a dangerous place to be. That's what the enemy wants. Oh, you're too tired. Stay home. No, you ain't too tired to stay home. Get your butt in the car and get going. And get to the house and let's have some dinner. Next week, we're going to be launching small groups in the house. Woo! Hallelujah! Yeah! Hey, we're going to get together. You know why people ain't excited about that? Because you're thinking about your schedule. You're thinking about what you got to do. This is a year you need to cut out some of what you do. I need to cut out some of what I do. Friends, we're only as strong as we are together. And if we don't come together, we're going to come away from each other. And I don't want church and our family to just be limited to one meeting a week. I've got things to do just like you do. I mean, come on, my life is important just like yours is. But, man, we've got to lay it down, and we've got to quit making excuses. Man, everybody in this room, when you get home at night or in the morning, you're tired, you worked hard, you want to go to bed. But guess what? The bed will still be there. And back when you used to party and hang out with your friends, you weren't looking at no clock. Uh Uh-uh. Come on. I never looked at a clock when I was partying and drinking and carrying on like a wild hoodlum. Oh, my God, it's, it's 8.30. I guess I need to go home and go to bed. What? The most fun got kicking later. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we need to trust him to provide, to heal, to protect, to help. So what is faith? What is it? You Google it real quick? Yep, that's good. Hebrews 11 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, them, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, I looked it up in, in the Webster Dictionary, it says belief and trust in and loyalty to God. A firm belief in something for which there is no proof, complete trust. Friend, do you believe... That if God said he would do something for you, that he's just kidding? Do you believe that if you had a need and you asked God to meet that need and it was according to his will, that he would say no? I've heard, I've heard, and 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 I'm not going to go into detail, but I heard, okay, a preacher say something 10 years ago. that That was a lie, I'm sorry. I just don't want you to be thinking of where it came from or something like that. But I heard a preacher, and this is a well-known preacher that preaches to thousands of people. Before the people, he said, he asked God to heal him, and God said no. God said no. And some of y'all that stabbed a little harder than others, because in the in the in the world of will God heal or not, we 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 have a lot of different opinions. But we have a Bible, amen. not full of opinions, full of facts. Amen. And I want to boldly declare that if you ever go to God and ask him to heal you, it's yes and amen. amen. It's never no, never. And see, that's why you need to get in the Bible. You need to find out there's over 7,000 promises in this book right here, and they're all written down for your benefit. Well, Nathan, man, I know somebody that was believing and trusting God, and they died. Okay. All right. Well, let me just say this. If I'm trusting God and I die, whoopee do? I'm going to heaven. <laughs> like it's a bad day. It's a good day. So, I mean, you're going to win either way, okay? All I'm saying is, is you hear that, and then what do you do? You begin to take your attention off of this, and being an imitator of God, Now we start turning to the opinions of man and the ideology of a man or a woman and the experience of a man and a woman. Okay? We don't base what we believe off another person's experience. We're not called to live by another person's experience. We're called to live by faith, trusting God. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You need to own your life. This is me. I'm believing God for things in my life, not based on what I see or what I don't see. I'm believing things for God because of God. He said it. And if He said it, will He not do it? Period. Okay? He don't never say no with things that are in His, his Word. And you'll never find anybody that ever came to Jesus and said, Will you heal me? Uh, no. It's not in there. It's never in there. So, again, we've got to start changing some of our mindsets. Get our eyes off of people's experience. Remember this about people, okay? We have flaws. We're not perfect. We can miss it. We can mess up, okay? That should never cause us to waver from the Word of God. Remember the Word of God, not the experience of others. So why is faith so important? Hebrews eleven six 6, in the same chapter, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Could diligently seek him have something to do with the outcome of where you're at? Now, I may say this again, but it's, worth, it's, it, it's good to, to repeat. Let me ask you something. If I want to get better at leadership... What's a good word for me to, to maybe live by? What would be some good advice to, you would give me? If I wanted to get better at leadership, would it might be like read a book on leadership? Maybe attend a seminar on leadership. Begin to study on leadership will make me a better leader. That means I have, to get, I have to do something. I have to spend time with something. And that's not foreign to us. Maybe you will learn how to get out of debt. Well, you're going to sit down with Dave Ramsey for about nine or ten weeks, and he's going to take you through how to get out of debt. Okay? You're going to learn how to do something. All right? And the more you learn about that, you're going to be empowered to be able to do that. Faith is no different. Faith is something that we have to continue, like I said earlier, work at. That means if you need provision in your life and you're lacking provision in your life, what do you need to do? You need to open up this Bible and you need to see what God says about provision. And you need to meditate on what he says about provision. And you keep speaking that. You keep reading that. You keep talking that. You keep looking at that. Because as you look at that, it begins to build you up on the inside to where you know God's going to provide for you. You'll have faith to trust him for provision. But if you look to your circumstances, you look to the banker that loves for you to come in and get a loan. Borrow money. Get in debt. Debt is depression. <laughs> There's nothing good about debt. Now, I'm not against it to where some people need to get started, but that's usually where it starts. You get started and you can't put the brakes on, and then it becomes a, a, a stronghold in your life. Okay? And even people that are out of debt, sometimes you can start looking back at people that, that have a lot of stuff and man, man, I wish I had some of that stuff. No, if you're out of debt, you throw your hands up there and you say, Hallelujah. You don't want to go to that land. Ain't nothing good in that land. Yeah. Hallelujah. So having faith in God is the single most important thing we could ever do. Why? Because when we trust him and diligently seek him, he will reward us with what we trust him for. How many of you know that me and my wife, I, let me say it this way. If there's one person in this church that I trust more than anybody else, that would be Belinda. I trust her over anybody else in this room. And y'all, y'all can understand why. She's my wife. We've spent 22 years together. I trust her. But why do I trust her? Because I've spent time with her. I know her. See, the problem with us as followers of Christ, we like the get out of hell card, which is good. You want that on your side. Okay, that's good. But we never get to know the Father. And if you don't know Him, you will not trust Him you're not going to trust somebody based on me telling you to trust them. You're going to have to get to know them. You're not going to trust Connie because I say, you know, Connie's a really good person. You can trust her. If you don't know Connie, it don't matter what I say. You may trust her a little bit, but you're going to investigate. You see what I'm saying? You're not going to just tell her whatever because you don't know. There's some people in the body of Christ I wouldn't even tell them anything. I know they love God. If they died, they went to heaven. But I'm just going to tell you right now, guys, you trust who you spend time with. And if you want things in your life to turn around, begin to ask yourself, who are you spending the most time with? Who are you fellowshipping with the most? Friend, some of y'all need to turn around. Some of y'all need to move for God to move in your life. And I'm telling you, you've got to spend time with the one who can move the mountain, and his name is Jesus, the only one that can move your mountain. Period. End of conversation. Exclamation point. A hundred thousand times. He's your answer to every issue in life. The enemy's trying to get us to walk in fear and doubt so that he can take away what God wants to give us. God wants us to have faith in him over storms, over sickness, over hurt, over bad relations, anger, addictions, whatever the devil throws our way. God wants us to trust him and his word to put out all the flaming arrows that the devil throws at us. Man, guys, we've been been way too, we've worked with the enemy too much. We've allowed him to get in. And guys, I'm telling you, (laughs) you don't want that. And I can tell you, if you're not walking in joy, you're not walking in victory, you need to review your life. And you need to ask God what I asked God when I was going through this situation with Belinda, because I know I'm a child of God, and the only way the devil can get to me is there was a door open somewhere. It wasn't no, oh well, I guess God sometimes does and sometimes don't. That didn't come out of my mouth. I'm a child of the Most High God. He's my daddy. And the only way you're going to get to this child is there's got to be something that I did. Amen. There must be a door open. And that's how I approached my Heavenly Father. Instead of, why God? Why me? What's going on, man? I'm serving you, blah, 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 blah. That's stupid. I ain't doing that. I said, God, show me where I missed it. What's going on here? Amen. Because I realize I'm human. I'm made, and I can make error, right? Amen? God's made. He can not make error. So I know it's not on His, His behalf. It's got to be somewhere in my life. I'm owning my life because I'm the covering for my wife. Husbands, you're a covering for your wives. Amen. My wife don't do all the praying in my family. My wife don't stand over there and pray for me only. No, baby, let's go. I'm praying for you. We're believing God. My point is is this. When I asked God to show me some things, guess what he did? He showed me some things. I needed to make some phone calls. To get some things right. And when I did, things started clicking. Just like that right there. Because the the issue's never God. But it's so easy to point toward God. And say, why ain't he doing something? How dare us? Mm -hmm. God don't mind you asking questions. Don't just accuse him, though. He don't want to be accused. That's where wrong, you ain't, uh uh-uh. Don't even come to the king with that kind of behavior. Because he'll be standing there by yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you come to the king and you want to ask him questions... The king will be so obliged to give you answers. He will. He loves you. But, friend, we've got to own our own life. We've got to own it, guys. Hallelujah. Man. Okay, I'm just going to skip because we only got a little bit of time. I've been talking for a while. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You continue to hear the Word of God on any subject you need help on. Whether it's healing, whether it's you know uh, provision, whether it's a sound mind, whether it's peace, whether it's joy, you've got to get in the Word and find out what your Father said was available to you. You can't have faith for something that you don't know is available to you. But then when you know it's available to you, you've got to lay aside human reason and begin to trust Him with your faith that He's going to give you that which He said He would give you. Oh, I can just see God. Hey, God, I'm want you. i asking you to heal me because, you know, Jesus, by his stripes, the Bible says I'm healed. So I'm just coming to you and asking you to heal my body, okay? And then God says, well, I'm completely out of healing today. I can give you a substitute. I can give you an alternative, but I'm completely out of healing today. Or he tries to hide the promise from me. I get real close to the answer, Victor, and then all of a sudden he moves it. Oh, I'm real close to the answer. Well, he moves it again. He's playing games with me. No, no, God is faithful to reward those who diligently seek him. And the way you diligently seek him is when everything in your life ain't going right. You get down on your hands and knees and you ask the father to come into your situation. And you trust that he's coming. You don't get back up and start calling all your friends and goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to know what I'm going to do. i don't know what I'm going to do. do. You know what's going to happen? You don't know what you're going to do. Like I said last week, everybody walking around saying, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. How close is that getting you to be not busy? It ain't, ain't working. So I want to say this, and I'm going to close. But what can cause your faith not to be effective? Would you like to know that? So what is, what is the one thing you can do that can cause your faith to be ineffective? I want you to come back next week because I'm going to get into some more stuff. i got a lot of stuff. We need to stay on this for a while. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but we need to talk about some of this you guys need to hear again and again. We've got to get this because some of y'all are walking through trials. Some of y'all are walking through some hard times right now, and you need to be encouraged. And I want to be the vessel that's used to do that. So what can cause our faith to be ineffective? Doubt, doubt, and doubt. Superman had something that would cause him to be ineffect- uh, ineffective. What was that? Kryptonite. It was kryptonite, right? Other than the kryptonite, Superman could do anything and everything, right? There was nothing that Superman couldn't do, but if the kryptonite showed up, it hindered him. It made him weak. He couldn't be effective. How many of y'all watched the movie Superman and Batman? I mean, When that first come out, I'm going, what the heck are they thinking? Superman throw him out the back door you killing me? I mean, Superman, man, he's, he's faster than a locomotive. You know, he can take bullets. I mean, this guy's the real deal. But when the kryptonite came in the picture, Batman was able to hold him down. Batman was able to defeat him. Your kryptonite and my kryptonite is your unbelief and your doubt. This is the way James put it as we close today. James 1, verses 2 through 8. It says, my brethren, that would be you and me, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Do we do that? Do we do that when trials come our way, we have an opportunity to count it all joy. Why should we count it all joy? Because we know God's going to get us out of it. We know God's going to show us a way out. The only reason you wouldn't count it all joy is you think you're going to have to stay there the rest of your life. You're his son. You're his daughter. You don't have to stay in that. He will set you free just like He did the children of Israel. Just like Israel, Israel. Uh, Daniel, He he escaped him out of the lion's den. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. What did God do when they didn't bow? They didn't unbelieve. They believed in their God. They came out. And it's the same thing with you and me. James goes on to say, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. Patience. So let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, not read the latest, greatest book on wisdom. Ask God for it, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now listen to this last part right here. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or woman suppose that that he will receive or she will receive how much? You ain't going to receive nothing from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. Do you know why people don't receive from God? Because they're double minded, they're unstable. That means they say one thing on Sunday morning, but then they're talking something else all the way through the week. I'm telling you, your mouth reveals what you believe. And if you trust God, you ain't going to bat an eye. Mm -hmm. If I ain't got the money to do it, you know what? Guess what? I'm going to trust him for it. Mm And I'm going to believe he's going to come through. I don't care if they come and kick me out of my house, take my car, take all my money, and I'm standing there with my clothes. I'm not going to say it didn't work. I'm going to say, you know what? God's getting ready to open up something. Something big's about to happen. Because my daddy ain't going to leave me right here. It don't matter how bad it gets. I keep saying, no, my God's going to bring me out of this. I asked him. He heard me. It's going to happen. Why? Because I trust him over trusting the situation around me. Some of you guys got your eyes. I'm telling you, y'all are so focused on what's going on in your life. (laughs) I mean, and God's over in the corner yelling and screaming and hollering. You can't even hear him for all the noise, all the distraction in your life. All the excuses you're making of why you're in this situation. Yeah, maybe you did get in debt. Maybe you did sign the paper 15 times and you shouldn't have. Maybe you're so far in debt you don't know how you're going to get out. Maybe things in your life are always telling you you ain't going to make it. Maybe things in your life are saying, look, you're going under. There's no way out right here. That ain't in the Bible. All you've got to do is repent. Okay? Repentance is a blessed, blessed word. Repent in turn. And then watch what God does. He ain't leaving none of his kids in a mess if you'll ask him and you'll repent from your ways and turn to God. No more than you would do that to your kid. If your kid came to you and said, hey, look, I'm sorry. I made a bad move. I shouldn't have did it. What are you going to do? Sorry, dog. You made your bed. You lie in it. I ain't helping you. Uh Uh-uh. There's no good parent that would say that. You'd wrap your arms around them and you would absolutely unload everything you have to get that son or daughter out of that position. Your daddy is way better than any earthly mom and daddy. He will never leave you in that situation. And don't you believe the lies of the enemy that you're going to have to stay that way? Oh, you know, your brother had this sickness. Your daddy had this sickness. Your mama had this sickness. You know, this sickness runs in your family. You know what? You're going to have this sickness. Your mama. (laughs) I ain't having that sickness. No, I'm a child of the king. You're a child of the king. Let's stand up and take our place. We're not going to let any outside voices, anything, pull us off of what God has for us. And you have to be a warrior. That's why Paul used that example in Ephesians. To put on the whole armor of God. Why? You're going to battle. And I can tell you right now, there ain't no good soldier in our military right now, or any other military for that matter, that when they face opposition, they're running. They're on it. It's game on. To death, they're going to stay there. And it's the same thing with you. Fight for what God's give you. Don't let the enemy take what you have. I'm telling you, man, rise up. Get worship in your house. Get the word going on in your house. Man, post scriptures all over your house. We're going over, family. We're going over in Jesus' name. Make the devil mad. Woo! Hallelujah. I want to pray over some people today. How many of y'all would say that this message kind of touched you a little bit today? Amen? Challenged you a little bit. Guys, I'm here to help you, and I want you to be here to help me. I want us to help each other, man. Ain't nobody in this room got it all figured out. But together, man, we can make this happen. I'm telling you, I'm going to boldly declare something, and I mean it with all my heart. Anybody that ever joins this church, and you're a part of this family, you will never go without. Amen. Never. 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 I'm telling you, never, never. You're never going without. You're not. Because we are not going to let it happen. We're just not going to do it. That's why it's so important important for you to be part of a body. I can't speak for everybody else, but I can speak for this church because I'm the pastor. Our resources are not going to the pastor only. Carrie and Jared are struggling you guess what? They won't be struggling long. We're about to come get Jared and Carrie, take them to the mountaintop. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to do it with joy. I'm telling you guys, you are not going under in this house. Ever. Now, we're going to help others too. But I'm not pastoring them. I'm pastoring y'all. And if we look good, guess what? They're going to come in here. Because when they see you go through something and you have the help of a family, guess what? That's attractive. I know it's 150 degrees in here, and I know it's hot, guys. Y'all hang in there. I'm sweating like crazy. (laughs) But that's okay. I want you to know, guys, you have a family that loves you. I may not be perfect. I may not do everything right. I've got a lot to work on. I'll be the first to tell you. But one thing I will not let happen is my brother and sister go down. I'll spend my money. I'll write checks from this church. Why? Because I'm the pastor. And your money is not going to Nathan. There's a little bit going to it. (laughs) The accountant said I could have a little bit of money. So I'm taking, you know, a little bit of salary. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I'm not doing that because I have to have the money. Okay? I'm doing that because the Bible says to do it, and it's right, and I'm obeying God because I disobeyed God for a long time. The accountant said I could take this amount, and I really liked his words, but then your accountant, which is Belinda, said, no, we're going this route, and it was way less, way less. You know why? Because we care about you. We do We love y'all, man. Continue to plug in. You're going to see people come. You're going to see this church grow. We're going to build this barn. That's why I've got this up here. It's not so I can collect more money. I want to keep this before us because this is the vision God gave us as a family. Gave us. So every time we come in here, we see that vision barn. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. I'm coming in here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, God's going to do this for us. Why? Because we're going to get more sons and daughters in here. And we're going to take these resources that God lets us have, and we're going to use it. And we're going to see families come up, come up, come up. You know, we've got a young couple getting ready to get married in the house. And you know they're going to need some people around them. They're going to need help. And Corey and Brandon, I want to tell both of y'all, you will never, ever lack for help in this house. We're here with you, man. We got you. Y'all are going to make it. Y'all are going to be successful. And they're going to do great things. How many know we got babies coming out in the house? Baby bump, baby bump, baby bump, baby bump. Hallelujah. We got a baby shower today for Aubrey, 4 o'clock. They'll never do without. That baby's coming into a family that loves them. But you know what the enemy tries to do to the family? He tries to do this right here. Get out of there. Get out of there. Get out of there. Get out of there. 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 Come on, you get out of here. Come on, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. You know what, man? Those people don't love you, man. Come on, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. He tries to pull us out of the family of God. And, friend, I'm going to tell you something. Unless God shows up at your house in an audible voice and say, Connie, I'm calling you to leave. I want to promise you, stay put. Stay put. God has you here for a reason, and God's going to bless you. I mean, we've had some that's tried to leave. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It wasn't wrong that they left. They went and they did some things for the kingdom. But I'm going to tell you what. They're back now, ready to spend and be spent. I'm telling you, we're going to unload. There's something cooking here, guys, or we would not be under such an attack sometimes. Wherever there's the greatest attack, understand that that could be where the greatest blessing is. Come on, man, I'm telling you guys. And I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about we. We, guys, it's us. The devil don't want that barn to be built. He don't want us to grow. He don't want our influence to grow. He don't want our students on fire for God. He don't want our young people on fire for God. He don't want this to happen. So he's trying his best to hack. He's got that ax out. He's trying to cut it down. And we're not going to let it happen. We're just not going to let it happen. Amen? Thank you all so much. I know I've talked way too long. But you know, guys, I love you all. And I don't get to see y'all but once a week. Thank you, Connie. It's always good to have one friend anyway, you know. No, I know you love me and Belinda. Probably Belinda more than me, but you know, it's okay. Let's all stand. Y'all been sitting for a while. And I know we've been here for just a minute or two, but I I sense in my heart that if, if the worship team could just maybe, you know, Lead us through just a couple verses of a song to kind of put an exclamation point on such a wonderful time together. Because I know a lot of you guys are thinking, your head's spinning a little bit, okay? You're thinking about maybe what was said or maybe what God's been talking to you about. So I just want you to put a little worship with that because worship is our weapon. Amen. Worship is a weapon, okay? So I don't want you to think about what you got to do in just a minute because, guys, look, you got all day to go do that, okay? For those who come back to the baby shower, you only have a little bit of time. So, But anyway... Let the band lead you into just a couple verses of the song. And then I'm going to be outside, and I want to hug your neck as you leave. And remember, Winter Jam people, right here, right here, right here, okay? We love you guys. Y'all have a great week.